Yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers, are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off the Map podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll dive into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take you from A to B and have some fun along the way. My name is Jessica Cross, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Jess, and welcome back to Marketing Off the Mat. I am so excited to be sharing this episode and chat that I recently did with Katie Lee. Katie Lee is a brand strategist and artist from Denver, Colorado. She helps small business owners clarify their message, simplify their marketing, and build a strategy that promotes work-life balance. She has a passion for helping others slow down and get present, which she often writes about on her blog. Definitely take a listen to this episode. You're going to love Katie. She has such great energy and we'll be sharing some of the really cool things that she has coming up in the show notes. So be sure to check those out as well. All right, let's take a listen. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Oh my gosh, me too. I, I'm so glad that we connected and I feel like you have so much magic and genius to offer the audience today. So just thanks for taking the time and um, really appreciate it. Of course. I love spreading magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you have a, a lovely journey to share with us today. I'd love to know a little bit more about your career and how that brought you to where you are today. Yeah, so it all started um, right out of college. I went into graphic design and I did the art thing. I mostly worked for newspapers in the advertising department. So I was I started kind of in marketing, but just like on the other side of it. And after being there for, I don't know, I probably did it for like four years. I was like, I don't actually like doing this. <laughs> and I really want to do something different. And so I just decided out of the blue, I wanted to go more into marketing and do um like do people's marketing and like figure out how to help brands that way. And so it started small, just doing social media management and building my way up. I worked for a graphic design studio as a marketing manager. I then worked for the Denver Film Society as their marketing manager for a couple of years. And then um, I got hired as the marketing director for a large scale yoga company in Denver. But sadly, uh, as with so many yoga companies in during in the height of COVID, they had to close their doors. And so it left me at this point of complete burnout because we were doing everything we could to try and stay afloat in the middle of all this. And then figuring out like, what do I, where do I go from here? And we're in the middle of COVID. So like the concept of applying for jobs sounds miserable and like having to start at a new company, like virtually, I was, I don't even know what that means. And so I took a little bit of a sabbatical, like a month or so. And then I just randomly had people like spreading my name around within the yoga community and just through some other references and they wanted marketing support. And I was like, cool, I don't want to do their marketing support full time. So I'll just do a few hours a week. And it kind of grew into some other things. And then I realized like, well, I can't spread all my hours to everyone. So why don't I do brand strategy where I can help as many small businesses as possible and give them some ideas of the tools and the tricks that I've learned throughout the years so that they can create marketing strategies that work for their specific brands. Mm, that's beautiful. I love how you gave a gave yourself some space during <laughs> COVID because I feel like we can all relate to that. It's like, what, you know, where do I go from here? 
the world just completely changed and that you allowed some space and time for for your own reflection and to figure out what you like and what you don't like and offer that and then people were asking you for help and you just said yeah like of course let me figure this out and and then you figured out that kind of perfect um match of the the things that you could offer and what people need through the brand strategy that's that's perfect yeah i mean it's interesting because over the last i don't know year or so uh i've seen so many business owners who just sit in burnout and they some of them were like, want to be congratulated for it. And I'm like, that's not something you're going to get from me. Like, I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> and then others are just like, please help. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so tired. And so self-care and like really helping people to like simplify their marketing so that we can go deeper and have more of a focus and add more value is way more important to me than having you do all of the things in your marketing. Um, and then on the other hand, giving my, myself that space and slowly taking on clients and then figuring out what works for me and then what I actually want to do. Like it was a process. It took a few months. It took up to a year for me to be like, oh, I don't just have to work for these brands, but like I can actually like touch more lives by doing it in a different way. And so it's, it's kind of a twofold of like, give yourself time, not only to recover from burnout, but also to let whatever is going to shape to shape. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, when we try to force something into a box that we understand, because that's, you know, what we know, it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. And so you gave yourself that time to kind of do that, figure out what does work. And something beautiful came from that. It was completely unlike maybe something you'd seen before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we're talking about magic, that's where the magic is. It's where we don't force things into a box and we just kind of let things come about in their own way and let us form to whatever it needs to. It doesn't need to look like everyone else's business. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And it, when we can kind of forge our own path, we almost kind of feel it's like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing mm -hmm. all along. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So okay. So we touched a little bit about brand strategy, which is you know what you're offering to these amazing business owners. So Let's demystify that a little bit so that I think that's kind of the, the term brand and brand strategy gets thrown mm -hmm. around a lot. So I'd love for you to kind of break it down for us. And like, what does that mean for the folks that are listening? Yeah. So it's funny when I tell people I'm a brand strategist, the first thing people say to me is, oh, I'm really, I'm looking for a new logo. And I'm like, great. I don't do your branding. I help <laughs> you come up with a strategy for your brand. So for that, I like to, to break it down into a couple of things. Um, usually my first few sessions with people are really breaking down who you are as a brand and whom you serve. So I want to find out like what makes you different? Why are you doing this? What are your values? All of that kind of stuff that like builds up who you are. We also get into like the nitty gritty of like, what does your brand look like and feel like and creating your own brand guidelines, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but then we also want to go into like, who are your customers? Who is the specific audience that you're serving? What value do you add for them? How are you making their lives better? And getting really clear on that. Um, I also think it's important to be able to identify what your values are so that we can create marketing strategies that align with them. So my, my basis for marketing is all about being really intentional and being value-driven. So I'm not all about just like the hardcore consumeristic push. I want you to be able to connect and build long-term relationships with your audience, which is only going to come by providing really great value. Mm. 
And then from there, we start outlining like what your goals are as, your, as a business. So maybe it's, you wanna hit a number of members for your yoga studio, or you wanna hit a certain income so that you can start doing this full time. Or maybe it's just that you wanna hit a, number, a certain number of people so that you can be spreading more self-care. Um, and some of your goals might not even be numerical. It might be a little bit more untangible, which I think is also okay. And then together we create that plan. So we work through and say, well, we know who your audience is. Let's decide what marketing channels you need to be on. Does, is social media in there? Which social media channels are, are gonna be a part of that? Uh, maybe social media is not in there at all. And maybe we're really just focusing on podcasts or blogging or other ways of just meeting people. Um, and so we create that strategy that is specific for your business and that works with your values and your goals and your audience. And then the last thing I like to do with people is create some boundaries within their work. And so that's where the whole like not getting back into burnout thing happens of like, you know, some of the boundaries I've set for my own business is I do not check email on the weekends. I've deleted email off of my phone. I can't even check it on my phone. Um, I'm also gotten rid of all of social media for my business and personal life. And it was a, it was a very hard decision to choose for my business. But as I went and looked at the numbers of return on investment, all of the things, it became really clear that like social media is not serving me. Let's find other ways that are going to be more valuable for me and for my audience. Mm, oh my goodness. Okay. So brand strategy not just a logo, but just this much, much bigger idea, this overall concept of like who it is we are, whom are we trying to serve and how do we reach them? It's just kind of exactly. really like breaking it down. And I love how you said, you know, it's like the, probably one of the first things we think about when we hear the word brand is the visual aspect, mm -hmm. the logo, <laughs> the golden <Exactly>. logo, <laughs> but it's just so much more than that. It's what you yeah. want to say. It's like, it's your, it's your voice. It's, it's, of course it's the visual aspects too, but it's like, it's what, it's like the essence of you and your business and how you communicate that and where you communicate that. So you can actually reach your clients. Yeah, it's the user experience from start to finish. Mm, mm, I love the way you put that. Yeah, that's really awesome. Okay, so for the yoga teachers that are listening, why do they need a brand strategy? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, aside from just like this being true for every kind of business, whether you're in yoga or like anything, I mean, you could be any kind of healer, you could be selling products, it really doesn't matter. I think brand strategy it's a roadmap. Like when we think about going on a road trip, it's a lot easier if you have a map and you know like which places to turn and where to go and like which ways north and south. And I live in Colorado, so I always know where west is. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, like without that, you're just kind of driving blind. And so you might stumble into some cool places. Um, it might work out for you. But a lot of the times we end up feeling like stuck and out of gas and not really understanding like why things are not working for us. So with brand strategy, it's really just giving, getting a really clear understanding of who you are. How do I explain to people what I do? What's the kind of verbiage I need to be using on my website? All of that kind of stuff is going to create a user experience that is memorable. And so when I think about interacting with any business that I've come across, like 
it starts from the moment that I learn about them. So maybe that's on social media or maybe that's from word of mouth from a friend. Like what are they telling me about that brand? And that's all part of the brand strategy. So it's so important specifically for yoga teachers um, because I don't think a lot of yoga teachers do it. And, and that's really true in the healing space in general. It, it's been a huge struggle for people to like, maybe it's because there's, it's more of like feeling like you're being put into a box, but it doesn't have to feel like that. I'm not telling you, you have to be on any specific platform or doing anything specifically. Um, it's more about figuring out what feels right for you, your brand and your audience. Hmm. I love that. And I, I like what you said about how it's been a little tougher for our healers or yoga teachers, meditation teachers, et cetera, to adopt, because maybe it feels like they're putting themselves in a box, so to speak. But the, the flip side of that is it's almost a little bit more freeing because you're clear about what your message is and your voice. Because sometimes it's, we're so close to what we do that we can't exactly tell people what it is that we do and what we specialize in. So, oh yeah, this brand strategy stuff really kind of teases that out and, and yeah. help, it helps teachers in so, in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that like, I know within my own business that there's moments where I don't feel the clarity. And so then it's really hard to be able to sell myself because I'm like, well, what, what exactly do I do? Or how exactly do I help people? Or who exactly am I helping? And so when I'm feeling a lack of clarity, my audience is going to feel a lack of clarity. So this is one of the things we work on is coming up with an elevator pitch. How do I tell somebody in the span of 20 seconds who I am, what I do, and how it's going to benefit them? Mm. And like that right there is just one quick tool that makes life so much easier because it brings clarity to you but it brings clarity to your customer. And those are the kind of tools that we, we use in a brand strategy session to bring clarity to everyone so that you feel confident about your brand and then can start helping people because they understand how you're going to help them. Mm. And the elevator pitch, I, I like that that's one of your core tenets because it's, you know, when I speak with my clients, I find that often something we all struggle with is, you know, if, if you really think about being in an elevator with someone, I mean, I guess this is pre-COVID, but, you know, we're thinking, <laughs> thinking about these instances where we want to, we use our voice, our throat chakra to say mm -hmm. what it is that we do. And it can be really intimidating. Oh yeah. I mean, I, the number of times that I would like choke up and like stumble on my words and then it just feels worse. You're like, oh, just forget it. <laughs> I've already lost you. Don't worry about it. isn't even worth it. Versus like getting clear, having that statement and then practicing it over and over and over again. So that when I am in public and I do have to say it to somebody, it's almost just like muscle memory of saying it. And, and you can start to say it with confidence and be excited and proud of what you offer because you know that it's going to help somebody. Mm, yes, that, that confidence just, it becomes almost second nature and people that are asking you what it is that you do, client or not, can feel that too. And that's oh, yeah. this, it's an energy exchange really oh, at yeah. the end of the day. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Okay. So if you're listening and you don't have a brand strategy, what could you do to get started? All right. Well, I think um, the first thing that I do is I like to just sit down and on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard or however you process things, it's figuring out 
who you are. So what, what do you offer? Why is it valuable? And then how do you want to make people feel with your brand? So when you're thinking about like the visuals of your brand, the voice of your brand, any of that, basically you're going to create a brand guideline. So a brand guideline is usually like a little packet. It'll write down any of like the fonts you use and the color codes that you use, have your logo featured in there. But I like to take it deeper and say like, what are your voice rules? So do you cuss? Do you not cuss? Do you uh, say that's what she said jokes? Do you tell bad, bad jokes? Like any of that kind of stuff. Are you funny? Are you more serious? Are you going to sound like Rachel Hollis? Are you going to sound like Chip and Jojo from Fixer Upper? Like what does your voice sound like? What kind of words do you use often? And a great strategy for this is to kind of pay attention over like a week or so and notice words or phrases you use often. And maybe even reach out to family members or best friends and say, what, what words or phrases do you associate with me? What, what do I always say that you're like, oh, that's such a Katie thing to say. And odds are they have a few of them. Um, like I know right now people think it's hilarious how I answer the phone. I have this like deep, like hello kind of sound that like gets made fun of for whatever reason. But I'm like, well, this is how I say it. Um, and so write those down. And those might be things that you insert into your copy to make your copy feel like your exact voice. And those are things that would go into your uh, brand guidelines so that you are really clear on who you are as a brand. Now, this is also a doc that you can then share with other people. So if you bring on a consultant who's gonna help you with social media, or you're working with somebody who's designing your website and is gonna write the copy for it, you can give them this doc. And then now they know the rules of your brand to make sure everything feels cohesive. So all of that <laughs> is step one. And then step two, I like to come up with a client profile. So these are just like uh, as many questions as you can come up with to answer about who you're like one specific person in your mind is of your ideal client. And for some people, it's really hard to just come up with somebody. So you can think of somebody you've already worked with that you're like, oh my God, if I could just replicate that into all of my clients forever, this is the person I want. Um, I've also used like celebrities, like Meghan Markle was one for me for a while that I was like, she's my ideal customer just because I love her. And whether she was on suits or it's just her in real life, like these are the elements that work for me. So it can be the, her as the actress or her as the character. Um, all of that can be really helpful and just kind of like visualizing your ideal client. And then you'll just answer questions like give them a name. How old are they? Where do they live? What's their income? Are they married? Do they have kids? What magazines do they subscribe to? on and on, just come up with as many questions as you can to get really clear on that person. That way, when you're creating content, whether it's deciding to go onto a podcast or writing a blog post or posting on social media, you can say, does this add value to my ideal client? And I think those two steps right there will provide a lot of clarity within your brand and kind of give you a direction of where you should start going with your brand. Mm. Yeah. And that's, it, it sounds like a lot of work too, to get started, but it's actually, like you said, it can be as simple as grabbing a sheet of paper or post-it notes or whiteboarding, like however you process and just kind of brain dumping and asking your friends and your family, like you said, what do I say all the time? And if I could pick somebody to work with, like, what are all the attributes about this person? 
exactly. like just basically like creating a, a list and it doesn't have to be a beautifully designed style guide of, of any, of any sort. It could be a Google doc that yeah. just get started. Exactly. And, and pulling this information out of your brain and in, into something that you can actually look at and edit as you go. Yeah. And that's the thing is this doesn't happen overnight. So you might do one iteration right now, and then maybe a year from now, you look back at it and you're like, whoa, that is not where my business is anymore. Like th these things need to change. This needs to morph. And, and I, I would say for a, a brand and a client profile, I think it's a good strategy to go back to it every year, just one time a year. You don't want to be recreating the wheel every couple months. It's an easy way to feel productive, but not be going anywhere. So just sit down, put out what you have now. And then a year from now, you're going to learn a lot more about your business and your customers and what you want to offer and what you don't want to offer anymore. And then you can continue to fine tune it. It's not something that happens overnight. It is a continuous process of figuring out exactly what you want your brand to look like. Yeah. And, and the, the, not the things you don't want to offer things that you don't, you didn't enjoy about perhaps like what was in either of those profiles that you found out over that year is just as important. Yeah. hundred percent. Like maybe even more important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I mean, there's so many times like, cause you'll try things like that's the whole, you got to just like throw spaghetti at the wall. And so be like, Oh, I'm going to offer this new service. And then you sell it to three different clients. And you're like, Lordy, I am never doing that again. That was awful. It's not cost-effective. It's so much work. They were awful. Or you think, oh, this is my dream customer. And then you're like, oh no, I want somebody with more experience or a bigger budget or whatever it is. And, and it all just really becomes clear for you over time. Yeah. 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 And Megan may just not be the right fit at that point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, she's a duchess. She just might be too much for us. She's busy. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I love that, but I, it's also very specific and you kind of hit the center of the target and, and then know too, that you're going to catch people on the outside of, that have almost all of those attributes, maybe not everything that Megan has, but exactly. you know, yeah, you, know, you kind of figure out like where, where those core attributes lie. Yeah. I like yeah, to say that. through the specific, you gain the universal. Ooh, I love that. So when I'm talking in a newsletter or in a blog post or something, and I tell people about my obsession with Dr. Pepper, I'm not saying that my ideal customer has to like Dr. Pepper in order for me to work with them. It's not like I give a client for a, a client questionnaire and be like, oh, do you like Dr. Pepper? You don't? Okay, we can't work together. Like that is not a thing. So what it does though, is that anybody who's reading that, who goes, oh my God, this person gets me. I love Dr. Pepper. It's the best thing in the whole entire world. I've just won them over. For anybody else who read that that doesn't like Dr. Pepper, they've just bypassed it. They're not going to remember it. They're not even going to think about it. And they just move on to the next thing until they find that small little piece that they connect with. So your ideal customer is this great like thing to be able to answer the question, does this add value? Is, does my customer care about whatever I'm posting? But it doesn't mean that like I'm only working with that person because you're never going to just find that person. It's going to expand and grow and become all of these other people who have one or two of those attributes, but not, you're never going to find somebody who's all of those attributes. Right. Absolutely. I love how you said that it, it sticks out to the person that it means a lot to, like it mm -hmm. has a lot of meaning. If you love Dr. Pepper, me too. You're my girl. Like we're working together for sure. But for the people that say that doesn't have any resonance to it's it's no big deal. Like they'll pass it by and maybe they connect with the other thing that's exactly. that's in your list. So 
I love that. That's like, and what you said too, through the specific, you gain the universal. Mm -hmm. That is such a great quote. It's, uh, it's one of my favorites. I think I stole it from somewhere, but I don't, I don't know where. So you can Google it and see if somebody (laughs) has their name on it. I won't take full credit for it. I definitely heard it somewhere, but we'll borrow it. (laughs) I just, I just say it all of the time now that most people are like, oh yeah, Katie said this thing. I'm like, it's probably copyrighted somewhere, but I have no idea where. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so good and generous. And I'm sure they don't mind us borrowing it. (laughs) Yeah. The message just needs to get out there. I think that's the important part. <laughs> 100%. I, th- I think it's so important that you clarify, especially like if you're coming from a perfectionist side of things, like, you know, I feel like many of the people that I talk to, some of my clients as well, it's like, we come from this, like very rigid, we put these lists together and it's like, well, this doesn't fall directly in my category of the right mm-hmm. ideal client. And, you know, should I, or shouldn't I? And, you know, through just through these, like, okay, we call awareness to, it's okay to have some of these things and it doesn't have to be all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I would define myself as like a type A personality. Um, my, my yoga teacher and my yoga teacher training would definitely describe me as a type A personality. (laughs) And anytime we're in a class together and she makes a comment about type A's, she looks directly at me. But at the same time, there's been a point in my business where I've started to just let things go. And there's so much beauty and back to that like magical part, like there's magic in that. When we just like embrace this mystery and this not having to be perfect all the time, God, there's so much freedom in that. And it's funny, like it's when you start looking at like your list of things and trying to like fit into these boxes, I think that's when you really need to stop and say, okay, is this strategy working for me? because that's a lot of pressure. Like if you're feeling really, really pressured and like that's leading to burnout, there's all these like questions of, are you good enough? And all that just all in one big pile, you need to come back to your brand strategy and figure out like, maybe I need to let some things go. Maybe I need to stop doing some other things that are making me feel like I have to be perfect because you know, like Seth Godin, who's like the mass, like I know everybody loves him in marketing, but his big quote is ship it. Like you just need to like send it off. You just need to do stuff. And so if you're really stuck on like, oh, this doesn't match my client profile or maybe this offering doesn't like, maybe it doesn't quite feel like my brand, but I'm really excited about it. And there's like all of this energy around it. Just do it. Like you'll figure out later how you can make it fit into the brand or make the brand fit around it. But like, just start doing things and testing things out and trying. Like we get this idea that we're supposed to be like Nike or like any of those other like big name brands, like Lululemon or any of the stuff. We're not, like we're all small businesses. Like we don't have that pressure. We don't have to have this perfectly put together brand where every element makes a hundred percent sense for us. Just go do some things, go create, go test out stuff. You will figure out what works and what doesn't. And the longer you do this, the clearer you're gonna get on who your brand is and what your offerings are and the emotions you want people to feel when they think about or experience your brand. So just let all the rest of it, the type A, the perfectionism, do your best to just like take a deep breath and just exhale that all out. Mm, yes. I mean, and hallelujah. Thank goodness we're not Lululemon or Nike <laughs> or anything, you know, because we, yeah. we actually like how freeing is it to try things in, a, in front of a small audience mm-hmm. and, and kind of figure it out as we're, you know, so to speak, throwing the spaghetti against the wall. Yeah. It's, it's so much more freeing and less pressure and we can really step outside of our perfectionist ways and and make movement like take take steps 
into serving the people because that's really why we're all here is mm-hmm. to serve. Exactly. So, well, and it's, it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's so interesting that, um, you know, we compare ourselves to these huge businesses, but the reason I focus on working with small business is there's so much more you can do as a small business. Like you might not have these million people audiences and like do all of that, but you get to be so creative in the kind of experience that you want to create for people. So like a great example is, uh, Magnolia Network, if you can't tell, I'm a huge Chip and JoJo fan, but Magnolia Network has some amazing shows that you should all go watch. One of which is called The Lost Kitchen. And it started in a woman's, uh, just like her apartment. She invited some people over. She had a pre-created menu. You got what was on the menu and it was an amazing experience. And then it grew and it continued to grow. And so then they got a restaurant front. And then they decided, well, how do we want to take reservations? Because This is this amazing experience. We're getting a lot of people who are interested in it. And they decided what they would do is you had to mail in a postcard requesting a reservation. And then they would just randomly draw postcards out of the pile and make that their reservations for the season. And they get thousands, thousands and thousands of postcards. And that's how they do this. Now, if they were as big as Nike or any of these other businesses, This is not a realistic strategy. You cannot do this. But for one small business, this works great. It creates an amazing experience. It really emphasizes this brand and and you just couldn't do it any other way. And that's why I love small business and why I really want people to try and not do the checklist and be like every other big brand and compare yourself on social media because you have an idea that's just as good, if not better than this idea but it's only going to work on a small scale. Mm. Wow. That's so true. Like if we, if we are at the, the giant scale of these companies that we continue to scroll past on our Instagram feed, we don't have the opportunity to really root ourselves in our own ability to be creative and come up with these really cool experiences or offerings or whatever it is that we want to put out in the world. Because like you said, this postcard thing ain't working for Nike. Like that's not going to happen or any, whatever, large scale, you know, restaurant group, they would laugh. Yeah. But this, like, this is something that's, you know, people are talking about, people will never forget. And mm-hmm. it's crazy in, in this day and age that a you know, paper, uh, USPS postcard is the way that you're making reservations. Like it's, that's, that's buzzworthy. It would never work in any other size of a business. No. So, like, I love that. It's so cool. I know. And now like, after hearing that story, you're like, oh my God, I want to go submit a, a postcard. Like yeah. I would <laughs> submit a postcard, fly across the country. I don't even remember they're located, but it's not anywhere near me. Like fly to wherever they are for one meal with them because this would be such an experience and like something to tell your friends about it's not going to be like going to one of those chain restaurants that you know about that are in your backyard like this is such an experience and that's what small business does is it creates an amazing experience even if it's like having a yoga studio and like having an amazing really curated boutique in it that you're working with sustainable fabrics and fair trade merchandise and like all this stuff, but you're creating this experience that adds to your students' experience. Or maybe just as a yoga teacher, it's about figuring out a way to do one-on-one practices or create classes 
that are different than going to like Core Power or any of the other big chain yoga companies. Like I want to create a moment that's different than everything else. So how do I do that? What is like my art of gathering that I can perform in order to make this an experience unlike anything else? Mm. And maybe it's like to make a reservation, you have to submit a postcard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, for any, that's a free idea from, from this yeah. episode. If you, if you wanted to create a yoga studio or some sort of community class, like do the postcard idea. Cause like Katie and I are coming. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done. Just let her know. We will we're send there. you a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but it's so true. Like that experience is incredible. And I agree. Like I, now I'm going to look it up. So it yeah. works. <laughs> it totally works and they're getting I mean like I'm telling the story on a podcast like everyone talks about it so it just those kind of like amazing marketing schemes are what get publicity and it's just because of the experience level yeah yeah that's, that's a great example I love that okay so you've kind of come through an interesting path through your career and all this life experience and now you own your own business and you're helping small businesses come up with these incredible strategies. If you could go back and tell yourself something at a former stage or season of your, of your career or your life, could you tell yourself something that would save yourself some time or a headache or two? What would it be? Or a couple of things. Oh man, I think... <laughs> I think the thing that I just figured out recently, so I literally could go back at any point in my life and tell it, because I probably figured out in the last like three months, is that there really are no rules. So we can look at, I can tell you best practices. I can tell you what I've seen work for other companies, but my job is really just to give you a little extra confidence for you to make decisions about your brand. Because I've seen other brands do things and I have the experience, but when it comes down to it, like we all just make things up. I get to decide like if social media is right for me or not. And that's my decision for my business. I know a lot of other people that would say you are nuts for choosing not to be on social media. And I would say, yeah, but the like mental health that I've gained from not being on there, the time I've saved to work on other creative endeavors or to work on my business, like, and the amount of effort I'm putting into learning about other marketing tactics that I can share with my audience. Like that seems way more powerful and valuable than posting a stuff that's like, you know, it's getting some reactions. It's not doing enough for my business and it just doesn't work for me. And so once I realized that like, there really are no rules in like, in life in general, not just around brand strategy, but just anything, we get to create the life that we want to create, however we want to do it. Now, obviously there's, you know, there's some like laws that you might want to break and like, <laughs> there's like treat people like, you know, human beings and not things, all of those kind of general things. But other than that, it's, it's really freeing to let go of not only the type A stuff, but just like all of the boundaries. We learn boundaries as kids, as artists, as creatives, you, you have to learn the rules. Like you need to understand how art is made, like the rule of thirds and using leading lines and all that stuff. It's great to know, but once you understand it, then you get to break free from all that and you get to decide what you want to do and make those intentional decisions. And it just comes back to being intentional. Ask your, yourself, why am I doing this? And, and you get to decide if that answer is, is good enough for you to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. And if the answer is, well, because I thought I was supposed to, mm -hmm. 
you might might look a little deeper into that. It's like you said, is it, the beauty of this is you get to make it what you want, and exactly. that's so freeing. Yeah, I think if there was one phrase I could just take out of my vocabulary, maybe the English vocabulary, it would be supposed to. Because mm. the reality is, is that you're not supposed to do anything. What do you want to do? What what gives your energy up life? What are things that are going to, what, what can you do that's going to push you to the next level, but you're not supposed to do anything. You got to make the decision of what you do. Mm, yeah. Yeah. How many times have we all done something because we're supposed to, or we should, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the more we can lean into this and the older I get, the more, the more I realize, you know, how, how much, how much of that stuff can dictate our decisions every single day, our interactions, our conversations, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, we, like you said, we get to make this what we want it to be. Yeah. It's that pressure. It's that more and more, like, this is where we get to the burnout because I'm supposed to have my, my brand on every social media account. I'm supposed to have a newsletter. I'm supposed to run a blog. I'm supposed to have a website. I'm supposed to then do the services. And the list goes on and on and on. And there's no wonder that people feel overwhelmed, like nothing is working and completely burn out. Yeah. And so what I want to do for brands, whether it's um, through one of my smaller offerings or my one-on-one -on -one brand strategy sessions, I want to come back to this place of what is working, what's not working, what aligns with your values and goals, what, what is it, your, where is your audience at? And let's simplify your marketing strategy so that we can grow deeper and not wider. Yeah. Yeah simplifying is everything for mm. sure. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of generous. That is incredible advice. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned some offerings and some one-to-one -one things. So what do you have coming up that you want to share with us? Yeah. So this summer I launched my first online course. It's called Brand Clarity and it kind of walks you through a lot of the stuff we talked about today. It's usually the same things that I talk to clients about through our first few sessions together. Um, but it's way cheaper. It's only $69. It's about two plus hours of content um, that you can use at your own pace. And so that's been, um, it's been a really fun project and I'm hoping that it can help a lot of businesses. Um, but if you're wanting some more one-on-one -on -one time with me, I am offering a super special that I have never offered before. It is by far the cheapest I've ever offered my sessions, um, but it is three sessions for $350. And if you sign up for it by the end of the year, you'll get that deal. And you just have to use those three sessions by June 1st, 2022. Wow. Yes. Both <laughs> of those things are very approachable. And I'm so glad that you're putting that magic out there. Like it just have something you can do at your own pace. And even the one-to-one -one sessions, if you, you know, need some space in between to implement and come up with more questions before you meet again, like that's generous amount of time. So that's oh, awesome. Yeah. And that was my thing is like, I want to be, I love small businesses. So I want to be approachable, like financially and with what's going to fit in needs of people for those small businesses. And so I think this is a great way to get, you know, three and they're 60 minute sessions. So we have a whole hour together to like go through stuff that I've already like curated. Or if you just have a million questions and we just want to go through all your questions, we can do that. Um, it's really like, it's your time to use however you want it to be used. And I'm just here to, to add as much value to your brands as humanly possible and give you, give you the confidence when you walk away. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to include links to all of that wonderful stuff, the course and the three sessions. So people have access to that from the Perfect. podcast. So yeah, love to share that. Well, how can we find you? Well, I am not on social media. <laughs> As mentioned. <laughs> yep. So technically I have accounts up. You can go find me there, but I, I'm not really there. Um, otherwise I have a newsletter that I like to keep up to date. I send out one newsletter a week. Um, so you can find that on my website, thekatielee.com. Awesome. Well, you guys go sign up for that because she has so much wisdom to share. And I know that you're going to love staying connected with Katie. So it's so important. And Katie, you're incredible. Thank you for your time. This is so Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I loved it. Me too. Me too. All right. Take care. Oh, that chat with Katie was so good. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Her energy is just so incredible and her wisdom is vast when it comes to branding and marketing. So definitely check out the links in our show notes for this episode today. She has her email sign up as well as a link to the $350 for three brand strategy sessions for December, 2021, which is an incredible deal. Definitely check that out. And I've got another link in the show notes for resources on brand strategy that she shares with us as well. So definitely check her out. Go get on her email list. I know that you're going to love it so much. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram. It's at jessicacross.co. I'd love to know what you think and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off the Map podcast. I love hanging with you as we figure this thing out together. Do you have an idea or something to share with me? Send me a DM on Instagram at atjuskacross.co and let me know what's on your mind. I'd be so grateful if you shared this with someone who could use this episode. And if you get a chance, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you on the next episode. See ya.